Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rush Hour podcast, hosted by myself, Ahmed Kamal, and Jay Park. Jay, how, how have you been doing? How's everything going? Good, good, man. I mean, excited that the NBA is back in action. Um, a lot of surprises so far, a lot of disappointment as well. And uh, it looks like this is going to be one heck of a season. So just ready to get this part going. All right. Now that we got a solid week of NBA under our belt, uh, we kind of had a first reaction of uh, what, we, what, what we're seeing, what we're surprised with. We still have a long, long season way to go. And uh, as, as we're continuing after this first week, we're thinking that we're going to continue giving our season predictions. Starting with the Eastern Conference, we'll head down with the Western Conference in a, in a future episode. But uh, what's your thoughts on the Eastern Conference in general? Are you impressed with how the teams are playing? Are there any surprises that you've been seeing right from start? Or is everything as you expected? Uh, definitely not everything is what I expected. I mean, to start, if we look at the, the Brooklyn Nets, for instance, the first couple of games, they were facing potential uh, Eastern Conference uh, final uh, opponent teams in uh, the Boston Celtics, and uh, they took care of business. But what happened was now, for some reason, uh, they lost their last couple of games. Uh, they lost a close one in Charlotte, in Charlotte. Then they lost uh, the next game because uh, KD and Kyrie were resting. So currently they're sitting at two and two and it's only four games in. It's a little bit early and too small of a sample size to say anything major about them in terms of, you know, maybe how far that they're going to advance. Obviously with uh, without Spencer Dinwiddie with his injury, uh, getting him out, that's out for the season was, was a big loss, but, there's still no doubt in my mind that, uh, to me, they're they're still the clear top team uh, in the East. But as I'm saying that, you know, we look at the standings, and it's actually the Orlando Magic sitting at the number one seed at at this present time, uh, with four and zero. So to me, that's yeah, a surprise. I, so yeah, to me, I, I just called never... I just called that a season start surprise. Uh, the fact that the the Cavs, you got the Cavs three uh, three and one, and you got the Orlando Magic four and zero. And you got the Atlanta Hawks that have have just been cruising over teams. That's that's been the most shocking part for me. But uh, I guess we're I guess just looking at our predictions, I'm already assuming that the first four positions or, or spots within the Eastern Conference Finals, me and you are similar. So do you yeah, do you agree that like you have we, the Milwaukee? Know... Yeah. So do you have the Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics? And the Brooklyn Nets in your top four? Yes. that's Those are all locks to be in the top four seeds. Uh, maybe the order might be different, but those four will for sure be the top four seeds. All right. So my first, I truly believe that the Milwaukee Bucks will maintain being the first for in the first in the East for the third consecutive year. Do you agree that Milwaukee will be first wow, in the East? Okay. Or do you think Brooklyn could, it, could it wouldn't pull off a shocker? Me. Um, actually, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks uh, take that number one seed as the season progresses, only because they've been doing this for the last what couple of seasons already, and they've always shown us like Coach Bud's teams always showed us that they're very dominant in the regular season. So it wouldn't surprise me. And plus, Brooklyn Nets—they're always thinking of the big picture. So as we already seen Steve Nash resting both KD and Kyrie on their first ever back-to-back set of games. I think that with rest and being cautious of injury, the Nets, the, all they care for is maybe just getting to playoffs and maybe getting home court advantage. If that's actually going to be a thing and not being uh, not the playoffs being played in the bubble, then I think that's going to be 
their their only objective of the regular season. I don't think they actually care about the, the the number one seed as much as maybe the Milwaukee Bucks do because that's just something that I think they just pride themselves on. And seeing Giannis say that they're gonna be good this year, you know, there's gotta be something to show for it at least in the regular season. So well, well, you uh, saw last night. The Bucks they... can very well be the number one seed. Well, you saw last night they broke a record of most threes in a game against the Miami Heat with 29 threes. Even the Golden State Warriors didn't even break that record. That's just absurd. What's what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that could be sustainable and they could break that even more? I don't know if it's, if it's going to be sustainable or if they're going to beat that record. That's going to be something very, very tough to do. But what is going to be sustainable, and the reason why I think the Bucs can, uh, like you say, uh, you know, claim that number one seed in the East for the regular season, it's because look at these like last three games that Giannis is having. He, on Christmas Day, Giannis plays only 27 minutes, goes four for 14 from the field, zero for three, uh, zero for three from three. Uh, guy literally just scored 15 points, and they they basically smashed the Warriors. Then we go uh, to last night's game to the Miami Heat in Miami. Guy goes three for nine, zero for two from three, only has six rebounds, six assists, three steals, plays 24 minutes, and only has nine points. And they smashed uh, it by like 50. Absurd, absurd. So that's why to me, like you have the reigning MVP, also the defensive player of the year, playing basically half the games and giving you maybe a third of the stats that he's uh, more than capable of giving you. And they're still smashing teams. So that's why to me, like this team is built different, but I don't know how this is going to translate into the playoffs because the last couple seasons – I thought, you know what, Giannis is a freak. He's a beast. This and that. Come playoff, always a disappointment. So hopefully this time it might be a, a you know a different outcome. All right. So it looks like we we have an agreement that the Milwaukee Bucks is going for the first. What about the second seed and and third seed? So for me personally, I think that the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, with the addition of Daryl Morey and the moves that he pulled with uh, getting Danny Green and Seth Curry. And uh, assuming that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are continuing to be healthy, I actually think that they are going to lock in that second seed uh, over the Boston Celtics, mainly because Boston Celtics, they got Kemba injured with, with, all, with all the knee issues, and we don't know how long that's going to be. And uh, they lost uh, Gordon Hayward, and I think that that, that that hurt their depth a little bit. So I'm going Sixers second, Celtics third, Brooklyn Nets uh, fourth seed. It's mainly because, you know, I think the injuries that KD and Kyrie went through could potentially push them down to four seed. What's your thoughts on, uh, or what's your predictions for for the second, third, and fourth? I believe that if the Nets do not make a move uh, to add someone to kind of be an injury replacement for Spencer Dinwiddie, that leaves a somewhat of a void, and that worries me to to see if you know if they could put some winning streaks together uh, only because that lack of death in the the point guard position. So the ball handling position. So for me, I would say that like you're suggesting Philly two, um, Celtics three, Nets four. It sounds very real. It sounds very realistic and very reasonable. Um, Sixers, they've shown glimpses already that they can be very dominant on both ends of the floor and they could tighten up the screws when they really need to. Um, I was watching that game, uh, that game where they were facing the wizards and the wizards were up like double digits entering the fourth quarter. 
And then Joel and B just came alive. Their defense came alive and they ended up winning that game. So I believe that Doc Rivers, as his first uh, season as the new head coach, wants to leave a good lasting impression to Philly fans. Um, As we know, they're one of the toughest fan base uh, to please in the regular season. So getting the second seed would do just that. I don't think that they'll uh, have enough wins at the end of the day to catch up with Milwaukee when it's all said and done, but getting the second seed will still be an improvement. And I, and I think provided that they actually have a, a solid road record as well, that'll be something for us to watch because last year they were horrendous on the road. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's do a quick rundown of the fifth seed up to the eighth, uh, the final four positions that are locked to the playoffs this season. For fifth seed, I'm going with the 2020 NBA final runner-ups, the Miami Heat. I like this is probably a huge underestimate for for the Miami Heat, but I I just I just don't think that they have it to get a home court advantage within the playoffs this year. But nevertheless, the fifth seed, with the addition of uh, two more stronger teams like the Brooklyn Nets and uh, just Milwaukee getting better, uh, I think the fifth seed is realistic for the Miami Heat. Uh, for the sixth seed. I'd want to go with the Toronto Raptors, but just deep down, man, I just don't think the Raptors have it in them. This might become shocking to you, but I'm going with the Indiana Pacers, man. You got Sabonis out here looking like, looking like playing like Jokic. He's just got huge buckets, rebounds, assists, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I think I, I mean, think that's gonna I, be a difference. I think yeah, Indiana's I mean, gonna get in. I know a guy who 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 has him on his on his fantasy team, and he's basically man, saying listen, he's untouchable. So I might I might be biased right now. I might be biased. <laughs> But you saw what Charles Barkley said. He he's one of the best big men in the NBA right now. So that coming he from is, a, a Hall of Famer, he's def- yeah, he's definitely playing really well. But for me to stick with the Indiana Pacers going sixth, they have to get Oladipo running. Like Oladipo had a horrible bubble performance. He needs to step it up and give us uh, what he was two years ago or somewhat. And obviously for the seventh okay, seed, and who you got for your seven and eight? Yeah, I have to go with the Toronto Raptors for seventh, uh, which is really disappointing. But I'm gonna have to put the Toronto Raptors there. For the AC, man, I've honestly been deeply thinking between Washington Wizards, Atlanta Hawks, and the Charlotte Hornets, but I got to go with the Hawks, man. Oh, man, Trey Young, man. That's baby Curry right there, man. He got, he got, he has a shooting. He has improved. Uh, he's already been a, a great assist uh, point guard. They just got, they just got depth, believe it or not. You got John Collins, Jaron J. Hunter, the rookie that they drafted. Like, I think the Atlanta Hawks could really pull this off, squeezing the AC, especially with the addition of Ray John Rondo. They paid him, you know, so that he could mentor these young guys. And I definitely believe that Atlanta Hawks could could lock in that AC. Uh, so what's what's your rankings for so you got, eight? So you got the Heat, Pacers, Heat, Pacers Raptors, Raptors, Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. Yeah. Heat, I, I, I agree with, because I think fifth is probably their ceiling. Um, definitely not their floor. Um, yeah. So that's probably their ceiling. And it is realistic because they are better than the teams that are below them that you mentioned, um, yeah. it, it, especially once they just start figuring things out and they get healthy again. I don't think uh, you know, that's, that's something that's going to be uh, you know, not impossible, like not, not impossible for them to obtain. Then we look at the Pacers. Pacers, they can actually end up maybe going a little bit higher by maybe one or two spots, but I think that's probably their, their absolute maximum ceiling only because the Pacers are one of these teams that you, you don't really know if they're going to beat uh, the better teams in the East or not. 
sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Uh, they're they're just one of these like very very hard to predict teams because uh, one game they're facing the Celtics uh, and they beat them. Next game they face the Celtics and they lose them, uh, lose to them. Very inconsistent. And it's yeah. Very inconsistent. Exactly. So I believe the sixth seed is is, is it sounds realistic. Then we go with your uh, hometown Raptors, who's currently zero and three right now, which is you know hard to hard to say out loud, uh, considering that they just won the chip two years ago. But they've been playing really bad. I mean, when you're getting outscored by nearly nine points every game, yeah, you're gonna lose. <laughs> it's just, that's just the way it is. No doubt. And yeah. the way that they're trying to play with no clear uh, alpha, no clear superstar not even an all-star right now, it's it's hard. I mean, yes, Siakam was our all-star um, most recently, and he got the big deal, but he's not really playing like that right now. And, yes, Freddie got that new extension. Um, I don't even want to talk about last night's game, man. Uh, no comment on that. Yeah, So and, and so to me, it's just there's no way that the, the Raptors should be playing like this. There's no reason at all. So I'm, I'm hoping that they turn it around so that they can at least – start entering the playoff race because it is a shortened season. All the wins actually matter a little bit more than they are accustomed to in a regular 82 game season. There's more games in a short amount of time. So, and if you start the game, if you start the season going like, let's say three and 10 or something like that's going to be hard to overcome uh, over time. So I would say Raptors seven. Okay. Then we got your Hawks at eight. I would say the Hawks can maybe also move up one or two spots as their maximum ceiling, uh, just because I believe that they're that good, um, which is a huge statement coming from their last few seasons where they were just basically the bums of the league. So I believe in Trey Young. I believe in John Collins. I believe in Clint Capella. The new depth that they added with Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Rondo. I, I just believe that they have what it takes to actually make it to the playoffs so that it shows Trey Young that the direction that this organization wants to take and make, I, I definitely believe that they make it to the playoffs for the first time in a very, very long time, and it'll be good news for Hawks fans. Okay, so we know that the NBA has implemented the play-in tournament, so the ninth and 10th seed will have a chance to, to get into the play-in tournament and have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. So for the ninth and 10th seeds, I have the Orlando Magic. And I'm going to have to go with, oh, man, this is going to hurt my soul. Like, I want to say the Charlotte Hornets. You know what? I'm just going to stick to that. I think the Washington Wizards won't make the playoffs this year, man. So I'm sticking with the Orlando Magic and Charlotte Hornets for ninth and 10th to go into the playing seed. And now, out of all those four teams, I'm just going to stick with the Hawks. Uh, that'll lock in that seed, that, uh, that playoff. Uh, run yeah no matter no matter if the hawks face the magic they're gonna they're yeah. gonna beat the magic if the hawks yeah. face the the hornets they're gonna beat the hornets yeah like, especially with the um, one win yeah they, we saw what happened in the bowl the yeah, blazers it, the blazers kicked the grizzles out of there like there was nothing yeah yeah so for me and it, it's just like you look at the hornets they're gonna be competitive to that ninth or tenth spot when it when it's all said and done only because they're actually and Gordon Hayward's yeah, they're playing hard, and Gordon Hayward's looking pretty decent. Like, yeah, like to me, um, I felt like I might have made a mistake when I traded him away on my fantasy league, but he, that, yeah. <laughs> he actually is playing really well. I definitely underestimated uh, his value, 
But and, Ter- and Terry Rozier, man, we gotta give him props. Uh, I don't want to rush, jump into conclusions, but man, he might be running into my six, like uh, most improved. But I don't know, it's man. He's one, early, of those, but he's, he's one of those inconsistent guys. He's, he he has like that. He, he's he in the like Wiggins tier. Terry, no, no, no. He has that. Not even Wiggins. He has that Terry Ross syndrome. So oh, man. come on, man. You know Terry Ross, uh, Terrence Ross will give you like forty points one game, and then next next five games he'll give you ten points. So it's it's very unpredictable, but I would say the Magic and the Hornets because they will play hard and they do have enough talent to remain competitive for that last spot in the East. But ultimately, if they're going to end up going against the Hawks, the Hawks by that point in time will have developed enough team chemistry to know how to play the game on both ends of the of the, of the court. And Trey Young mixed in with John Collins, Clint Capella, Rondo, Gallinari, Bogdanovich. And all their young depth that they have, uh, Redditch, uh, Redick, Herder, Hunter, it's they're too stacked right now. They're 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 too stacked for any of those bottom feeder teams to to outdo the Hawks for a playoff spot. So uh, I so agree you, with you there. So you agree? So we pretty much agree with all the position wise, I guess, for the East. Yeah, yeah. So you 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 think that the Washington Wizards have no chance in making it, just like me? It really hurts me to say that because uh, I I really want uh, to see Westbrook and Beal in the playoffs. Uh, I I really want to see that, but it's just it's tough. You it's look tough. at these, it's they tough stack because you yeah. it's stacked, and you, you look at their first four games. I know it's a small sample size, but the, in those first first four games, like they're just slacking, yeah. like they they're not playing well, and it's like. How are you not playing well? I mean, to me, it, it's a team thing. It's a team thing. It's not a it's not a Westbrook thing. It's not a Beal thing. It's everybody else that's not named Beal or Westbrook that that are keeping that team into that stereotype of being a bum in the NBA, uh, being a bum team. Uh, I'm sorry because like that game I just told you about the Sixers. How are you up double digits in the fourth quarter and you end up losing that game? That yeah. should never happen understand that you know what Philly is better than you and this and that but you outplayed them clearly for the first three quarters and then somehow you lose a double digit lead and you lose to the Bulls last night it's no it's, I feel so bad like it's I'm sorry Westbrook and Westbrook fans and Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal fans it hurts me to say this but y'all have no shot of making playoffs this year and yeah. probably no shot again for next year all right, man. <laughs> well, it that's a wrap. It hurts, it hurts, but, you know, you got to keep it real on here. All right, uh, that's a wrap for our season predictions for the East. Obviously, we're going to do playoffs once the playoffs are around, but this is just for the regular season. Looking forward to the next uh, episode. We're going to hop into our Western Conference predictions, uh, but that's a wrap for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you guys next time.